Welcome to the Orange County chapter of the American Advertising Federation's podcast. This podcast is all about talking to different individuals in the marketing and advertising community. Today we have a special treat for you. I'd like to welcome Lauren Ellermeyer and Leslie Lacano. Welcome to the podcast. They are both from Beyond 15, which is a full service communications agency here in Orange County. They deal with public relations, digital marketing, and we're going to learn all about that today. Welcome. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. So, you know, I know we're going to talk about public relations. I know we're going to talk about digital marketing, but why don't we start at the very beginning? Can you share a little bit of background as far as, you know, how you got started in the industry and maybe why you decided to partner together? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, first of all, for having us here today. We're honored. Um, yeah, we'll tell you a little bit about how we got started. So, I've always worked in communications. And Leslie and I ended up meeting at an agency um, just over nine years ago. It feels like sometimes just yesterday. Um, and we wanted to do something different. You know, we wanted to be entrepreneurs. Additionally, during this time, um, social media wasn't really sold as a service. And we really saw it as something that was up and coming and wanted to get in on the ground floor. So we decided to branch off and start the agency together and kind of take a leap of faith. Great, great. Do you have anything to share, Leslie? Um, yeah, no, I think that we saw some ways to do things a little differently, a little mm -hmm. better, and, and wanted to have sort of power and control over our own destiny and our own ultimate outcomes, and, and that's what we have by owning our own business. Great, great. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So the name Beyond 15, uh, my, my assumption is it's based on that Andy Warhol's famous quote, in the future everyone's going to have 15 mm -hmm. minutes of fame, and of course Beyond 15 would be extending that fame. Is that where the name came about? And how did you decide on it? It is, yeah. We take you beyond your 15 minutes of fame. It was absolutely based on the Warhol quote. Uh, we were brainstorming for probably a few weeks trying to think of what should the name be. And we mm -hmm. knew, you know, Ellermeyer and Lycano was a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were also hoping for something clever um, and kind of had always heard that if you have an aha moment that mm -hmm. you remember something longer. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, it just sort of came to us one night and uh, and we stuck with it. Leslie came up with the name. Oh yeah, and I so I'll take it. all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> and so do people guess that or uh, do they ask you about it or is that a good Yeah, yeah we've had moments. There was one time many years ago we were pitching um, a room of I think it was like 10 guys sitting around a board table and it was just Leslie and I. And out of nowhere, like 30 minutes in, the CEO was like, oh, I got it. And I was like, you want to sign the contract? And he, um, he was like, oh, it's taking you beyond your 15 minutes of fame. And we have moments like that often. Um, and so we're very pleased with the name early on. A few people um, had told us, including family members, the name is infantile. People aren't going to understand it. And we went ahead and did it. And now these people are our greatest advocates and absolutely love the name. Great, great. So this may be a very simple question, of course, but sure. being in the business you are, can you share you know, what the purpose of public relations is? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so public relations really adds credibility and validation to your message. Um, oftentimes, you know, people will say, I'm great, my product's great, my service is great, but having an editor or reporter actually say you are great um, adds that level of credibility. Also, it makes your audience feel like they know you, they see you often, um, and so all around it just gives that level of credibility. 
Yeah, our goal is to make our clients feel like they're famous in their industry. So mm -hmm. they're they're that client that is sort of everywhere. You're reading about them, you're seeing them on TV, you saw them win an award recently, um, and so it makes that organization too look like it's bigger than it is, mm -hmm. um, and gives them that element of you know fame within their own industry. Yeah. So obviously, public relations is very <laughs> important. Uh, you know, some of the things people may not know about is the actual strategies. How do you work with your clients when someone comes to you and says? I want public relations, I want publicity, I want to be known, I want to be this. Like, what are the tactics or what are the strategies that you that you work with your clients on? Gosh, we've got a whole toolbox of strategies, um, and no one client has sort of the same uh, strategy as the next. We mm -hmm. don't have any cookie-cutter programs. Um, a lot of what we do, though, is based in traditional PR, so we still believe in the power of a press release. We like to get them out every 30 days for our clients just to sort of keep the search engine optimization up and keep them, you know, searchable. You, mm -hmm. you Google them and you see a string of, of positive news outcomes. Not hang our head on that either. They tend to garner announcements as opposed to the larger stories. Yeah, it's more for the search. The larger stories we often get from pitches. Um, so we'll pitch the journalist and say, here's an idea that you maybe haven't thought about that you should write about. It's not necessarily pushing our client, um, but it is sort of pushing their agenda and saying this is just a trend or something that's happening in the industry mm -hmm. that we think, you know, you're would be interested in and here's how my client could help that story come to life. Um, so we do a lot of that, a lot of executive positioning as well, recently doing LinkedIn takeovers um, and kind of doing the long form content that makes mm -hmm. the executive look really, you know, they know their stuff but they don't have the time to publish those big pieces. Um, so we're doing those to ghostwriting them for um, places like Forbes and Fortune mm -hmm. and getting them placed with our clients headshot on them. It's our writing behind the scenes but they've signed off on it, approved it and a lot of times it's their original ideas that are there. Um, and of course, we carry that through to social media programs. Mm -hmm. uh, that was actually going to be my next question. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, we also do experiential marketing events. Uh -huh. um, we're doing influencer marketing, uh -huh. um, social. So my next question actually is about social media. Mm -hmm. uh, how has social media changed the world of public relations? I mean, you're talking about Forbes and different publications. I would assume they probably don't even have. I don't even know if they have a print edition anymore. I'm sure most of it's online, but. How has social media changed what you do? Yeah, social media has really kind of leveled the playing field. Mm -hmm. So before it was, you know, all traditional public relations, we're getting your news in the media, um, and now it's actually we're getting your news to your actual target audience directly mm -hmm. as opposed to, to an editor reporter that's then taking it to your target audience. So it's faster, it's more direct, um, and there's more of a groundswell now behind it as well. That makes sense, that makes sense. You didn't share, Leslie, as far as social media goes? Yeah, um, I think just also how they sort of tied together. So recently we got one of our clients in Oprah Magazine, mm -hmm. um, and we were able to use a social media advertisement to sort of um, get more attention to that placement, and it was probably their most successful social media ad to date oh, because wow. it had the Oprah name um, tied to it. Okay. Um, and so we kind of, you know, we're always looking at all all sort of sides of it. We're not sort of siloed into just PR or just social media. We're thinking about how all of these strategies and tactics at our disposal can work together for the best possible outcome. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, you always hear about the 360 view of everything. Right. It's like, what makes sense for this particular client? How do I get the most yeah. publicity and press and everything else right. for a particular client? Uh, you actually touched on a topic that I wanted to bring up too, which is mm -hmm. influencer marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what it is, but uh, ultimately it's somebody that has a large following mm -hmm. that's on Instagram or another social channel, and they work with brands in order to get some kind of exposure in exchange for some money or a stay at their hotel or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
do you work with uh, influencer marketing? Uh, how does that come about? It seems like a very interesting topic. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we've had a lot of great success with that in the last six months to a year or so. It's really been an area of our business that's taken off. Um, a lot of times I think we think of the macro influencers, so those big, you know, mega, like a Selena Gomez. And, mm -hmm. and there, yeah, you're going to have to spend a lot of money um, to get that relationship going and to broker that kind of a deal. Um, but the micro influencers actually have even better engagement. Um, mm -hmm. You know, audiences want to go where they go. They want to wear what they wear. They want to be like them. These influencers are extremely, you know, influential. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so sort of what we're able to do now is often work with the, the smaller level ones, the micro-influencers in trade. Uh -huh. um, so we've got, you know, high-end luxury property here in Irvine and where we've done, you know, just some overnight stays in their guest suites in return for really high-quality coverage. Wow. So it doesn't cost the property really anything, mm -hmm. um, but it's getting them a lot of clicks, likes, shares, followers to their social channels. Um, Blue Planet Eyewear is one of our clients that we've done a lot of social stuff just in trade. We're sending a pair of sunglasses, you know, at cost to the yeah. organization. Yeah. Um, and they actually said that the social influencer program has doubled their sales over wow. the last month, six amazing. months. Wow, that's amazing. That's really incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been incredible. Um, and then a lot of the, the foodie bloggers are sort of mm -hmm. another area where we've had a lot of success. So with restaurants and, um, you know, even in the kitchens at this luxury apartment complex, inviting the foodie bloggers to come and experience that. Yeah. Um, so it's just about sort of dreaming up what's going to make the most sense for them, showing them that it's a win-win. Mm -hmm. um, and often you can get away without paying those high price tags. Yeah, so when you say micro, you mean like a non-celebrity, not a Selena Gomez, you mean mm -hmm. just somebody that has a big following on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. It's, it's very fascinating how, how, uh, how that's working nowadays. Mm -hmm. One story I read just yeah. real recently, like a week ago, it was talking about how certain high-end hotels are getting multiple requests a day, mm -hmm. and they're asking for, you know, influencers are asking for between five and seven days at like these luxury re resorts. Mm -hmm. And obviously they have to be very selective on who they give, you know, a room to yeah. in exchange for, you know, a couple posts on Instagram. I would imagine this is a, an important part of trying to figure out who the right who the right influencer is to use. Yeah. Do, are you involved with actually that whole process of finding the person and working Where? with your client to do it? Yeah. Actually, it makes me think that we're in the wrong business sometimes. <laughs> we should um, just be influencers. Yeah. As influencers become more influential, um, so many more brands are working with them. I think it's something like 70% today of brands are working with influencers, and that number is only going to grow. Um, so you should be doing it if it's a fit for your brand. That said, you do want to be careful who you work with. I mean, there's so many people out there that call themselves influencers. And, you know, some of them are, some of them aren't. And for us, you know, there's databases, there's lists, but we really roll up our sleeves and we do the research and we find out who's the right fit and we present them to our clients. And we're not just looking at numbers. And to Leslie's point earlier, there's macro, there's micro. Um, and we may present macro, we may present micro to our clients. But what really we're reading the conversation. We want to know what's happening, um, what links are they putting in there, are those links viable, what type of engagement are they getting, and that's how we determine who's really a fit for our clients. Now, um, to your point about the seven days, that is a really long time. Yeah. If it's maybe a Selena Gomez or someone who you think is really going to blow the roof off of your brand, so be it. Um, but I wouldn't recommend doing that on a constant. A lot of times you can work with these micro-influencers, to mm -hmm. Leslie's point, that 
um, can really take your brand to the next level and you're not having to pay an arm and a leg to do so. Right, and our job is partially to, to negotiate those contracts yeah. and figure out, all right, if you want this, then we want coverage that maybe is gonna span the next six months, you know, mm -hmm. and we want this many Instagram posts and this many stories and, you know, really kind of trying to make it work in the best interest of the client as well. So that makes a lot of got sense. Got us working behind the scenes on your, in your favor. I knew it was effective, but to be honest, I didn't realize how effective based on the statistics you were mentioning. Do do your clients come to you and say, this is exciting, I want to do influencer marketing, or do you, is it something you bring to them or kind of both ways? Yeah, I think to date it's been a little bit of both. Uh -huh. um, I think Blue Planet, our, our sunglasses client, um, they've got this really fun eyewear. They came to us asking for it. We've been managing their social, um, doing a great job for some time, and their public relations. We were already doing it for Astoria, the luxury apartment complex right here, also mm -hmm. 405. So it's been a mix. Um, we've also had people see the good work that we've done. One of our clients was speaking at a conference, and we had a few phone calls after that, um, all real estate clients that heard about the good work that we were doing. So hopefully that just continues to spread. Yeah. That's terrific. And I think a lot of clients do see their competition using influencers. Yeah. So they're kind of trying to figure out what's giving their competition a leg yeah. up on the, you know, on them. And then they see, oh, well, they're working with influencers. That makes sense. And they realize they need to get involved too if they're going to continue to compete. It's yeah. really time intensive too. So you do probably want to work with an agency or at least someone to help you because sifting through all that information and finding the right people, um, it can take quite a bit of time. I can imagine. I would imagine for a sunglasses company, win-win, right? It would work fantastic. Are there certain kind of companies that maybe shouldn't do it? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think a lot on the B2B side, there's some that are just super, super niche. Maybe they're not doing anything really inventive. Maybe there's no iterations of their product or service. Um, you know, those types of companies, businesses aren't even going to have legs on the PR side. Yeah. Um, I would also say, though, you know, some clients maybe have a high price point where they can't work with influencers as okay. easily. So we've got one client that does high-end kitchen appliances, mm -hmm. um, and they're looking to delve into that market, um, but looking at maybe doing one or two collaborations in a year because the cost um, is, you know, so they, they, it hasn't sussed out and proven yet that it'll mm -hmm have the ROI that they want it to. So they're going to dip a toe in, maybe gift one kitchen suite to a really high-end influencer, mm -hmm. um, and then go from there. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. So this podcast, of course, is all about educating people that are watching it. Mm -hmm. uh, so for somebody that's actually a business or a company or a brand that's looking to work with a public relations or a digital marketing yeah. company, what advice would you give them as far as, you know, things to look for? Mm -hmm. Is it just connection with the team, or is it more than that? I think connection with the team is really important. You need to have a sense of trust mm -hmm. and, and feel like you've got a really good two-way dialogue with your team. Um, you don't want just a group of yes people who are yes. going to tell you exactly <laughs> what you want to hear. Um, you want someone who's going to think strategically and really give you the hard counsel when they need to. Um, but I also think you know transparency is really huge and billing procedures and everything else. You know What are we going to be doing with our time? Um, reporting is really important to Lauren and I. Uh, when we started the agency, we had come out of one that was reporting once a month, which mm -hmm. is pretty traditional. Um, but I think it leaves clients in the dark for you know the whole rest of the month. What are they doing? Are they you know are they creating really good outcomes for us? Are they just kind of blowing smoke until the end of the month? Yeah. We're providing um, a service yeah. too. And a lot of times, if you're only reporting once a month, the media placements will drop off, mm -hmm. and it's you know it's an easier pace for an agency. But for us, because we're providing the service, we want to hustle and 
constantly show the client that we're providing something of value. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and we want um, to, you, don't, you want to see that someone's had success in your industry. Um, and for us, I think, too, the idea that you have raving clients, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd want to be put in touch with people who have worked with them, see the successes that have been generated, um, and, and hear from them just the difference that they've made in their, in their business. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, as you know, this is a very competitive industry. There's a lot of different agencies. Um, you know, do public relations, digital marketing. I, I guess my this is a kind of a two-part question. One is, did were you always? I mean, did you add more services as you progressively have mm -hmm. grown? And two, how do you create a niche for yourself? I think those questions kind of go together, but yeah. I just was curious how. We did add more services as we grew. So we really started with that traditional public relations and social media. Mm -hmm. Over the past nine years, we've worked to integrate in SEO. We have a specialist. She's incredible. Um, we get a lot of new business just from having great SEO on our site. Um, experiential marketing has mm -hmm. been really big for us. Influencer marketing yes. is something probably over just the last year, year and a half that we've really seen booming just within our agency. Um, and so in some graphic design and whatnot, we'll outsource, we're really honest about that, but mm -hmm. we have added to our services. And then your question about, um, have we carved Creating out a niche, you know, I, and it sounds like what you're saying is actually yeah. leading to it. I'm, I would assume that, you know, some of these new services probably came about based on your client's needs, right? If someone needed an experiential Absolutely, situation, yeah. maybe you added that service to your company. That's exactly <laughs> what happened, in fact. Um, but for us, you know, we don't claim to do everything. There's a lot of agencies out there. And I think over the years, you see kind of this up and down, like, agencies pull back and they only specialize and now agencies are doing everything and then mm -hmm. they pull back again and they try and figure out you know what the client likes to hear mm -hmm. and in the last year I've seen a lot of local agencies now claiming or saying that they do everything all types of marketing and honestly that's great but for us we just tell the client exactly what we can do and mm -hmm. we're really honest about what we outsource. Leslie and I have thought about um, white labeling and or taking other employees in-house and kind of managing them and selling that as a service but if mm -hmm. we don't truly 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 understand that type of marketing then it's going to be really hard for us to manage it and that's what's kind of held us back from some of the other types of digital marketing out there that other agencies are executing really really well it's easier for us to just refer business to them yeah um, than it is to take that in-house manage and sell it that makes sense and manage it so that's the way that you've created this niche is by working with them, showing them that you know these this is our area of expertise, yeah. and this is what we can bring to you. And if and if it's not, then let me refer to you to someone else that may be the best. Yes. To Leslie's point, transparency is so mm -hmm. important to us. I've actually had clients right before we're signing the deal just say we really wanted to work with you because we felt you know your honesty. Yeah, so that I makes appreciate sense. That. That's terrific. That's terrific. So uh, how long is your business? Been around? Yeah, we um, incorporated in September of 2009. Okay. I think it was on my credit card, and then we went to El Torito Grill after for some margaritas. Okay. <laughs> we thought, you know, business. middle of a recession was a really good yeah. time. Yeah, sounds to start like business. the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really smart. We didn't struggle at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, yeah. you're doing well. It's you're been all sunshine and roses <laughs> every day. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> um, so, what would you say is the most rewarding part about having a business? Um, I mean, to be totally honest with you, um, it is exceptionally rewarding. And we talk about it every day, and we have plans for our futures together, doing more things in business. But it's difficult, too, and I want to be honest about that because 
so many times you talk to CEOs or entrepreneurs or I have coffees with them every single morning and it's like, how's your business? Everything is great, we're signing business. And I just don't feel like people are always honest. So yeah. I want to tell you that it is very rewarding, but it's also very challenging. Mm -hmm. The most rewarding aspects, at least for myself, are the fact that we get to define our own destiny. Mm -hmm. So if the agency has taken a dip um, or we need more clients, I know that we'll go out and find them. The universe will provide that because that's what we're open to and, and that's what's going to happen. Um, I've never liked roles and so having someone tell me I have to be at a certain place at a certain time was never going to be a fit for me. Mm -hmm. So I like having um, the freedom to come and go as I please. I think Leslie <laughs> likes that as well. Um, and then kind of watching this thing grow that you've put so much time and attention into seeing it build. I wonder if it's like maybe um, a parent watching a child oh, grow yeah. um, and all the milestones that your kid has is really incredible um, experiencing. I am a parent and I would say it's very similar. Oh, nice, so nice. <laughs> it is because you know it's like your second baby this, this business yeah. and I think for me the part that I find um, most rewarding too is you know this is our baby and so many people have helped us along the way mentors and mm -hmm. um, other business people who have you mm -hmm. know done things that have invested in us and have really sort of not financially invested but mm -hmm. have invested in us and really helped our business move to the next level and that's sort of what I see us doing for other businesses mm -hmm. so we're mm -hmm. providing a service to them that helps them you know get a leg up helps them get to the next level in their business um, and we know that warm fuzzy feeling that we have about all the brands and, and people that helped us do the same um, so we really kind of feel like it's you know of course it's a, a for a for-profit but we do yeah. feel like we're kind of giving back in a way too to good businesses and good brands that we love of course yeah. you kind of alluded to it but is there anything in particular that really surprised you over these past number of years of having a business Sure, sure. I mean, we went in knowing PR, like the back of our hand. We knew we could execute successful campaigns on behalf of our clients. Uh, we didn't necessarily know how to grow a thriving business and how to lead a diverse group of people. Okay. Um, and so I think that the leadership challenges are probably um, were the most surprising to us. I mean, there's so many different people who are inspired and motivated in so many different ways. Um, and so figuring out how to keep that group moving and how to keep them sort of focused and dedicated to the same mission um, inspired and challenged by their work, um, but not overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that has sort of been one of our biggest biggest challenges there, yeah. So obviously this industry is changing so rapidly. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's always the latest new thing, experiential marketing, influencer marketing. Where do you see the future going? That's a really good question. Um, in fact, we just touched on that in our latest Beyond 15 newsletter. Um, we believe that the power of print is still very much alive. Um, and I know there's been buzz that print is dead. We think it's alive. And when you get covered in a print publication, you're always or more likely to get covered online as well. Mm -hmm. um, so we think that traditional is very much alive and things will continue to evolve more and more on the digital side. Um, but content is really important. And so as long as we're creating really good content, we'll be able to get that out on the traditional side and on the social side as well. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think now more than ever, content is king, right? Mm -hmm. There's so much content out there digitally. We're just bombarded with messages mm -hmm. every single second of every day. Um, so having high quality content that cuts through the clutter, I think is what will continue to get clients seen wherever that might be. So when we first started doing social, it was just really, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Now Instagram is probably our number one performing mm -hmm. platform. Um, so we'll just continue to put great quality content on whatever platform comes next. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting because uh, you, it's almost like what is old is new again, you know? Mm -hmm. And because there's so much digital clutter, as you're talking mm -hmm. about, it's like you need print almost to stand out in a digital world. So it's kind of interesting how it all comes around like that. Yeah. yeah. So this is the Orange County chapter of the American Advertising Federation, as you know. Uh, so one of the questions we always like to ask is, why do you like having your business in Orange County? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's such a, first of all, just a beautiful place to be. I mean, we are working and living in a place that people come to vacation every year. And so we really try not to take that for granted um, and be you know, grateful for where we are every day. Uh, but also there's just so much business here. I mean, yes, we're a hop, skip, and a jump from LA and <laughs> San Diego and a short flight up to clients in the Sacramento or Silicon Valley areas. Um, but really, we're able to do a lot in our own backyard here. I mean, I probably take 20 in-person client meetings a month, and most of them are here in Orange County, you know, 15-minute commute or so away. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the natural beauty combined with the central location, um, combined yeah. with how much business is here. And all the great clients, yeah, I was yeah. Say that. yeah. <laughs> Makes it a we're great place lucky. to be, yeah. That's great, great. Well, that's actually all the time that we have today. Thank, Thank you, you so much for doing this podcast. Yeah, uh, but before we officially wrap up, uh, mm -hmm. is there a URL or a website that uh, people could go to to find out more about your company? Yeah, yeah sure. Our website is um, beyond, B-E-Y-O-N-D, 15, all spelled out, F-I-F-T-E-E-N.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much again for Thank doing you. this. Thank Appreciate you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Great. I really appreciate it.